Well, hello again, everyone, and welcome to episode 26 of Three Point Podcast. It's three guys, three generations, and three takes. I'm the grandpa-to-be, Ted Patel of Sportsnet Michigan and Z92.5. On the phone is our middleman, Matt Burns of ESPN, and I'm joined again in the studio by our resident millennial, Jared Fattel of WJSZ, and most recently, Fox 17 of Grand Rapids. We'll talk a little bit about that in a moment, but I also want to thank our sponsors. They include tonight the great folks at Rivals Tap House and Grill, the Corona Connection, and our podcast recording home, Z92.5 The Castle. Well, boys, how was your week? Well, let's hear about this. Uh, Jared, you're going to be working for Fox 17, huh? Yeah, so first off, not official yet. It, you know, you never know what could happen. Uh, Got to get drug tested. Oh, so boy. There, there's... That could be a problem. <laughs> so, yeah. So, basically, Matt, you know, helped me out, and I met with, uh, you know, the Fox 17 sports crew. And right. we actually went to, so it's kind of like my my interview. So, where we went was actually the LPGA Classic, like in Grand Rapids. Right. At, like, Blithfield Golf Course. First off, wow. Sweet. What a course. Pool. Uh, like... This was the thing that really blew my mind. So you go, you walk in, and there's like a wine, like there's actually like a wine cellar. You go there. Each member has like their own wine cabinet with different wines, like with the years on it. <laughs> that's when you know you're in Ritz. Yeah, Ritz Town, the Ritz Carlton, the hotel. So that's that's where we went. So I was there all day, completely sunburned. Oh yeah, very badly sunburned. Was in the sun all day, you know, holding a camera, filming stuff. Really cool. Went back, edited everything. But what really blew my mind about the LPG, not a bad tournament. The winner took home three hundred grand. That's not bad. And you know, we were interviewing everybody. Really well done event. You paid fifty bucks, you got all the beer you could drink, all the food you could eat. My one problem. So we, we were walking through and the players they get this huge like buffet. Mm-hmm. So does media. We didn't we didn't dabble in that. I, I thought for sure I was gonna it was a free all you could eat. I mean, ran by the country club, so you know it's good food. Oh, great stuff, yeah. But we unfortunately didn't, uh, I didn't have a chance to taste it. You got good willpower, that's all I can say. That's one of the great perks of being in the media. Uh, usually they feed you pretty good, and, uh, you know, the pay may not be that great, but uh, you get to get a lot of access, a lot of cool things you get to be a part of. Am I, now, am I wrong? I feel like you've complained to me before about a place not quite holding up their end of the food bargain. Oh, am I wrong? Oh, like they all they had was Little Caesars one time. Oh, I'm trying to remember who it was. I thought I thought maybe it was uh, one of our guests we had on that Matt lined up. Yeah, when we had uh, Mike Foss on, who works for the ABC station in Detroit, we were talking to him about uh, Comerica Park or Little Caesars Arena. And I think he said I think he said Comerica's spread for media wasn't that great. I feel like he said one of them wasn't that good. Well, I think at Comerica, you have to actually buy your food, which right. that's a classic move. Yeah. Well, that's the Tigers for you. I mean, they have 182 games. Right. Is, is that the right amount number? Is that the right number? 162. 162. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, they're all not at home. I caught that on my way. Yeah, I, I know. I was just, so 81 games. And they're in the American League, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> so, so anyway, you enjoyed it, though. That, that was kind of, was that like technically your first? Yeah, I guess media experience uh, covering it. Definitely, yeah, I've really enjoyed it. It's the, all that I uh, hope for. It's definitely you know, oh, it's made me want to go into the field even more. You'll so. be able to grow and grow and grow. And you'll have a blast in in that uh, industry for sure. That, I mean, it's just going to be fun, especially where you're starting out in Grand Rapids. It's an awesome spot. Yeah, definitely. I, yeah, and that, sure I know I've told you that's a cool it. station to work for, and um, I'm not just saying that because they're a former employer but I, I loved my time there so it'll be cool but the high school football that that's going to be awesome i know 
you know, you're a high school football fan and all that kind of stuff, uh-huh. but you'll get to stand on the sidelines. The biggest thing, don't get caught watching the game because you might get trucked. You might get run over if you get I caught watching the game, that, not yeah. shooting it. Like like we said, I'm really looking forward to it. Definitely not not official. Again, put that out there. Not official. Something else that's not official, you might be a grandpa. Yeah, I'm not a grandpa yet, and it's not official, but – if all goes well tomorrow, I will be. Uh, we're expecting uh, a little girl, a little granddaughter. Amy is uh, expecting. She's to be induced tomorrow. Uh, that She could still have it tonight. But uh, if all goes well, and obviously we're all praying for it, it'll be our first yeah. grandchild. And uh, really looking forward, forward to uh, meeting Harper. So are you, I asked you this off the air, but I kind of want to put you on the spot again. Yeah, go ahead. Are you, will you be in the delivery room or? <laughs> no, I will not be in the delivery room. And there's a, there's a little debate on whether her husband will be in the delivery room. Because from what I understand, he gets a little bit uh, squeamish. He doesn't want to faint <laughs> when he's in there. So we'll see how it all shakes down. We're wishing him the best of luck as well. <laughs> so what you're saying is you're keeping an eye on your phone while we're recording this. You don't want to see a text or a call pop in while we're recording? Absolutely, yeah. We are recording this Wednesday evening. The baby is due uh, June 21st. Uh, you know, somewhere, if all goes well, somewhere probably late morning, early afternoon, hopefully. And... So you're playing pretty close. To the t- you know what he told me? This You'll get care of this, Matt. He, <laughs> he uh, He's in a rush. He, because he has to mow the lawn before before he leaves tomorrow morning. What a dad! <laughs> that move is that a is. classic dad move. Worried about mowing the lawn. If I don't mow it, it's going to be unmowable by the time I get back. That's the problem. I'll mow it for you, fifty bucks. Oh, fifty. Fifty bucks. You're going to push or, or ride the lawn more? Which do you do? I, you I ride. You think that's worth fifty bucks for an hour and a half? An hour and a half to mow your lawn? Man, you are slow. <laughs> wow, you're, you're top dollar. I will keep that in mind, though, if, if needed. I, I, I tell you, what, when you're gone, if, you, if it ends up running a couple of days longer than you expect, I will call de- me up. I will be there, and I'll mow it. Now, that's a go-getter attitude, isn't it, Matt? That's a go-getter attitude. So I'm wondering, so this is your first uh, grandchild, you it, said? It is, yes. So you're looking forward to playing grandpa, you know, spoiling the kid and feeding it candy when, when he comes over and everything like that? Everything a grandpa's supposed to do, absolutely. I mean, you've, you've seen your parents in operation. You know the routine. <laughs> yep. that's a, man, that's a cool job to have as a grandpa or a grandma or grandpa because you get to do all that kind of stuff, all the fun stuff, and then and then when things start going wrong, you hand them, hand them back to the parents. Amen, brother. Are people have been busting your balls like, oh, you're so old. <laughs> Not too bad. I'm already the old guy at the office, so, you know, now it's official. And I've, like, I've, I've told my wife many times, we've ha- we have a lot of friends that are roughly our age. In fact, I got one group of friends. They have a granddaughter that's graduated from high school, just graduated this year. The Valisex. Now, yeah. think about that. And she's got, like, six grandkids, and this is our first. And I told my wife, I said, well, you know, we're going to have grandchildren now, but we actually look like grandparents. You know, I, I have the age factor going for me now. So I don't think you're quite there yet. But no? Yeah, oh, well, that's very nice of you, Jared. I've always he's, liked you. He's trying to get that lawn mowing job. Yeah, he is. He's working hard for it. Well, let me put him, let me put him on the spot in case uh, the people from Fox 17 are listening. Who won the tournament? Uh, Raiwan. Right, I don't know. A Korean? from Korea. Okay, that's a given. (laughs) I mean, yeah, it was, I mean, they're all, there's like 10 different names. I tell you what, I was impressed. Like, these people watching it, they knew every golfer. The only one I knew was like Michelle Wee. Right. She was, she like finished like 20th. Oh, she was still sort of in contention then. By the way, why is Michelle Wee so popular? Why do I know Michelle Wee? 
well, she came on the scene when she was like 14 or 15, didn't she, Matt? Yeah, she had, she was one of those like teenage sensations. And I think she might have even won like a tournament or two As when she was 14 or 15. And then it's almost like you didn't hear about her for a long time. So it's it's cool that she's still playing at a high level. N- kind of to, to segue, but not also. You know what really kind of ruined my weekend, though, overall? No. So on Saturday, I started watching Training Day. Have you seen that? Have either of you guys seen that movie? Uh, oh, yeah. Denzel. Yeah. Okay. Got about to the last hour. Like, I was completely hooked. Got to the last, like, 30 minutes, and then I, like, saved it for another day because I was, like, just falling asleep during it. Netflix takes it off that night. What? <laughs> so someone can tell me. Like Ethan Hawke is given like PCP. What happens there, Matt? Do you know what what happens after that? I gotta be honest. I kind of forget. I haven't I seen that movie in a while, so I I forget how that movie ends. And I can't help you. I don't think I'll ever know. Oh my god, that's never happened to me before. I t- but I could see it happening. Tried to go to my usual uh, um, sock share and like illegal download sites. One wasn't working, so I've just been. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, that's that's nothing. like a that's like such a millennial or like a thing whatever today's times type thing you know back in the day if you were watching that movie and you fell asleep it would be on vhs or you'd have the dvd you just finish it right now now you're watching it on netflix and netflix takes it off you can't finish a movie oh man i, I mean i might just have to go bite the bullet and rent it but that sucks oh and is there, uh, is there even a rental place anymore like that's another yeah. part of that i yeah, think there's like a family video in a while though right so, yeah we still you know, got still here even a thing anymore it's still here. Hey, I know, Matt, also I want to segue to uh, maybe something you had going on. I see your uh, little daughter got her first taste of uh, soccer. How interesting yeah. How interesting yep. was she that? Had, uh, it's kind of funny because she's only two and a half, so All these little kids. Uh, not even sure what soccer practice would entail for two-and-a-half-year-olds. But, yeah, she had her first day of soccer practice today. They At their daycare, they pull them out for like an hour or two and – they have some coaches come and they run a little little soccer clinic or whatever. So, so we thought it'd be fun for her to do, and we we take her to the fields. My wife plays in some rec soccer leagues, so when she goes to practice, we take my daughter, and she likes kicking the ball around and chasing it and stuff. So we thought we'd put her in a little soccer uh, clinic. So get her started early, I guess. Yeah, why not? Well, she looked cute in her little uniform. Yeah, that was the cutest thing. Putting putting the uniform and the headband on her and stuff like that. So. So yeah, I'll be curious. I, I was talking to some friends who have some some kids that are a little older than mine, and and they call uh, kids soccer bumblebee soccer. Right. It's like they're just a bunch of bumblebees running around in a hive or whatever, just running around kicking the ball around. There's really no organization, but but no, it's all fun. Uh, we're looking forward to seeing yeah. her play. As a dad, which sport would you want your like? So say your daughter's going to go Division One, and what's what sport would you want it to be? Honestly, I think soccer or golf. I mean, we're, we're talking a little bit about golf. I think those two sports would be great because you can play professionally in those sports and at, at a high level for a long time and make good money and everything like that. I mean, you know, there is a WNBA in basketball and there is a professional softball league, but, you know, you don't hear as much about those. But professional soccer or golf, that would be the route for me, I think. Yeah. The only thing I know – see, I disagree. I think the WNBA is more popular. This is – by the way, the most anyone's ever talked about the women's leagues. Hey, there you go. But the only thing I know about the uh, women's soccer league is that I wrote a paper. You had to pick like a female, uh, like feminism paper back in my English 121 class. So I wrote that they should be paid the same. The the women's World Cup should right. be paid the same as the men's World Cup. Didn't believe a word of it. God name. <laughs> wrote it. I didn't believe a word of it. But 
Well, here's here's a question I do have for you. Why why not get paid the same? Now, if you look at uh, sports like tennis, I can see the discrepancy a little bit because they don't play as long. Their matches aren't as long, right? Well, don't they, they don't play best out of five money. on the men? The same thing with like the college basketball and football players. Like, right. Those should be the only guys that get paid. They're the only ones that make any money. Well, and, and, and the girls, they make money, but it's not nearly as much as the guys make. Yeah, money. it definitely opens up a can of worms, but I, I agree with what you're saying. I mean, it's got to be self-supporting, right? Yeah. I mean, the NBA, the only reason it's really still out there, I think, is because the NBA found, uh, funds it, don't they? Yeah, the NBA basically completely funds the WNBA. So, yeah, I mean, I don't even know if that league would be around if the NBA wasn't funding it, but... But yeah, I know they've, they've talked about that a lot, especially with women's soccer, the, the equal pay. And they they talk about uh, like the TV ratings that come in, the ticket sales, and how many people watch the sport. And for the, like the Women's World Cup, it's it's equal or, or very similar anyway to the Men's World Cup. And But the pay is significantly different. So, hmm. so I, I definitely, without a doubt, see that there, there's an argument to be made there. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, I just think back to the whole Brandy Chastain uh, World Cup against China. That was that was must see TV. That was tremendous. Oh yeah, I mean the level of play. I I have to be honest. I, I can't. Really, I don't think I could sit through a whole WNBA game. No way. But women's soccer, especially high level, the World Cup. Yeah, that's that's extremely entertaining stuff. Yeah. Before we move on, what do you think about the World Cup so far? I've watched a few. I haven't sat down. I'm gonna be. Honest, I haven't sat down and watched a game from start to finish. But while I'm at work, I have it on and I'll watch. Or I've, I've watched a little bit at home uh, in the mornings and. It, I mean, it, this is the sport being played at the highest level. So it, there definitely is an appreciation there. I mean, these guys are, I mean, they're they're the best in the world playing this sport. So I, you know, you can tell when you watch, and it's entertaining. I mean, there are there are goals being scored, and there's some there's some great saves by the goalies. So so it is entertaining to watch. Um, I, I haven't sat down to watch a game from start to finish though, so I, I can't say that. Yeah, I haven't either. I haven't either. You know what? I've been kind of wondering. Like, basically my whole life, but just every year, like, every time the World Cup comes around, why is the U.S., like, the one country that doesn't, like, go gung-ho about soccer? We just haven't made it yet. Not many other countries have football, you know, yeah. tackle football. Is that, based, is that what you think, it is just because we have football? That's... I think I think that's a big reason. If we didn't have tackle football, college, and NFL, I think soccer would be pretty huge here. I think, it, yeah, I definitely think the tackle football thing comes into play, and um, our guest last week, Dan Weiner, he, he brought it up that one reason that soccer has been so slow to grow in America is because there hasn't been, I mean, until the MLS came around, there wasn't a professional league. So, you know, at, overseas, there were leagues equivalent to, like, what the NFL or the NBA is here. Those leagues, there's soccer leagues like that in basically every other country around the world. Right. But until, like, the mid-'90s when the MLS came around, there wasn't anything for kids to really watch here. So when they're growing up, they weren't, you know, the only soccer they knew is if they happened to tune into the World Cup. But now the MLS, you know, has slowly been growing. But, you know, the kids are actually getting to watch soccer on ESPN or whatever station that they're watching it, almost on a, a nightly basis when the season's going on. So I think that's something, too, because otherwise, I mean, if you're watching sports as a kid, you're getting to see the NBA, the MLB, you know, the NFL, college football. But I think if the MLS continues to grow and continues to get some stars in its league, I think that will help the, the sport grow. All right. Well, let's tell our listeners a little bit about one of our sponsors, Rivals Taphouse and Grill. That's the spot to meet up with your friends, catch all your favorite sporting events, including the World Cup, on their 21 
great TVs. All kinds of weekly food and drink specials, including great burgers, wings, and pizza. Tremendous staff there at Rivals, and uh, they're located right on the corner of Shiawassee at M21 in Corona. Now, I want to get into this Detroit Free Press uh, Tournament of Goat. We started it off last week, and we had our bracket picks. We picked Barry Sanders over Chris Spielman and Al Kaline over Willie Horton. We also had uh, Rip Hamilton over Chauncey Billups and uh, Nick Lindstrom over Reed Larson. But before we get to that, I just want to throw this out on the table. What uh, What is going on in baseball? Real quick, you know, why has baseball declined so much? Is it just the pace of play? You know, I've heard all kinds of sports talk shows. Very, very few talk about baseball. We're right in the middle of baseball season. I think the pace of play is a big thing. Uh, I mean, just we just talked about soccer for a while, and I know that soccer isn't as big as baseball necessarily here, but to like to that point of pace of play, a soccer game, two 45-minute halves, you can watch a whole game in basically an hour and a half, and you're out the door. And some of these baseball games are lasting four, four and a half hours, and you have all these mound visits and pitching changes and these at-bats oh. that last 10, 11, 12 pitches. And, Honestly, sometimes watching a game is like mind numbing. It is. I think. Did you? Okay. Did you guys? First off, this was like the funniest video I think I've ever seen. Did you see the manager? I think it was. Uh, I don't know manager names. It was the old the Mets. Mets name your manager? It was the Mets manager the going crazy. That was hilarious. First off, what a saying! Ass in the jackpot. <laughs> what a saying that was. <laughs> but that's what I don't get about the MLB. Why don't we have more of that? Well, that was two years ago, they don't even let people retweet stuff on Twitter, or you get banned. It's, yeah, they that is so stupid. Like the NBA, they don't care. Take our content, keep right. spreading it. The MLB is the complete opposite, and that's why I think they're failing with millennials. And that's, maybe you're even starting. Well, play. yeah. The, well, first of all, the thing I have the biggest problem with is the pace of play. I mean, it's just mind-numbing. Like Matt said, it takes so long for a game, so many pitching changes, you know, so much time between innings. I mean, it's just ridiculous. The other thing, this is maybe a little bit more controversial, but I think it's hurt baseball. Uh, in in America, there's so many Latin players now. It, you know that you know you can't pick up the buzz like wild interviews with guys like Mickey Mantle saying crazy things, or even going back in the days of the '80s with the Yankees and Billy Martin. You know, you had personalities. You might have personalities now, but they don't speak very good English, yeah, if English have, at we all. Don't have Ty Cobb running around spiking <laughs> guys and praising Hitler. You know what? Though I do truly think that that's a bit of a factor. I really do, and I don't yeah, want to say I've, that I've as a racist thing. People talk about that before because, like, when Miguel Cabrera was like in his prime, you know, winning the Triple Crown, people would do interviews with him, and his English isn't the best; it's kind of broken right. English. And people would talk about how, like, it was hard to really connect with him as a superstar because, because yeah, you couldn't necessarily understand what he was saying. So I, I think there is something to that. Um, I think that I think that what Jared was talking about the MLB being so restrictive on video rights is a big thing. Yeah, I mean, I'm speaking of that from. Working at ESPN, I mean, they restrict the, the amount of video and what we can show on, on our networks. And it's like if you want your sport to grow, you should want it to be seen as much as possible and, and anywhere. How do they do that, Matt? Restrictive. They, I, don't, I don't understand. Is it is it uh, the content they want to restrict? Is it the volume? I mean, explain that a little bit. I, I think it's the content. I think it's they, they don't want their sport. I think it's one of those things that, you know, there's so many baseball purists, you know, the, the the integrity of the game and stuff. They don't want people using their video and making some like some stupid mashup or making fun of some play that happens or or something like that. And there's the fact that they pay a crap load of money for the rights to their sport, so it's almost like a petty thing. Yeah, I just wanted to throw that out a little bit because here we're in the middle. 
we're in the middle of baseball season and nobody talks about baseball. It just baffles me. And it's still a fun game to watch in spurts. We all agree. We don't really sit down and watch many games in their entirety. Maybe we will when it gets to the playoffs. Maybe baseball has watered itself down like a lot of people think the NBA is. Now, I know you guys are maybe in the minority as far as thinking the NBA's just great all year long or all during the regular season. I'm still one of these guys. I watch it just mostly in the playoffs. That's when I really, it piques my interest. But I think their marketing plan is much better than most sports. It is. I really do. You were just talking about, you know, how you don't sit down and watch a game. Maybe the only time, like, perfect scenario I'd watch a game. Yeah. Like, 4th of July, cookout. Okay. I happen to, the game's on, like, Tigers are on. I'll watch it then. That's the only time I'd ever watch a full game. Will you ever listen to a game on the radio? No, that's even Never. worse. That's worse. That's like the old school. I mean, I, I think it's still cool sometimes to listen to a game on the radio, but that's like really throwing it back. You hear like Ernie Harwell, like, you know, if, if he was still around, hear him call a game. You need to tap into the baseball market around here. Maybe Dallas so. County. Maybe so. Turn out some baseball games. Yeah, well, maybe we'll, maybe we'll add that to our podcast repertoire down the road. Right? I feel sometimes, I, I can't down here, but when, when I still lived in Michigan, uh, watching a Michigan football game, I would sometimes turn on the radio when Frank Beckman was still calling the games and listen to that. If if uh, the game was on a station I didn't like who was calling the game on TV, yeah. I would listen to the radio call of Michigan football sometimes. Yeah, the only problem I've found doing that, a lot of times there's a delay. Yeah, yeah, you'd always be a little behind or something. Yeah. Right. But I, radio still has a, has a spot. Now, you bring up Beckman, you bring up uh, baseball. You know, if you're in the car... And you want to you want to check in the Tigers? I have no problem putting on the Tigers and listen the entire duration, you know, while I'm driving in the car. That's where that's where I think it, it's really where they're getting their listeners on on the radio. Yeah, that's a big thing. And I mean, I, when Michigan uh, football when they played Florida in the first game of the season this past year, right? We were driving, I think, down to Myrtle Beach or something like that. So I listened to that whole game in the car on on the ride down there, and it was really cool. Actually, it was it was kind of cool, but. I would have much rather been sitting on my couch watching the game. Yeah. <laughs> I still remember this game still haunts me. Johnny Manziel versus Alabama Part Two. Remember that game? Like fifty-eight. Uh, it was like they lost 50, that game, didn't they? Yeah, 50, yeah. 40. Uh, we were we went to the Michigan versus Akron game that day. Okay, me and my buddy. Terrible game, by the way. Michigan barely eked it out. They should have <laughs> lost to Akron right then. Oh, they, yeah, Akron they should have lost the last play of the game. They should have lost that yeah. game, Michigan. So I just remember we were trying to get home. Uh, we ended up going to not Chipotle. What's the place where they, you go, you get a bowl, fill oh. it up? Like, yeah, the Mexican place. Not, it's not Mexican, Mexican, it's but uh, I know what you're Mongolian, about. Barbecue. Yeah, Mongolian barbecue. So we're there. There's like no TVs. Johnny Manziel is just putting on a show against Alabama. We get in the car, driving home. I listened to like the second half on the way home. Right. Just dreadful. Just <laughs> dreadful. I couldn't even listen to it. It just ruined. I missed a great game. Oh, my God. Yeah, I guess a, a, a show that, like, what Johnny Menzel was putting on, the radio maybe doesn't do it justice with what he was doing. you got to actually see what he was doing. Right. Have you guys, uh, this just came to my head, uh, someone was talking about it, I heard this week, but it just reminded me, like, the FIFA World Cup. Have you guys ever seen the Simpsons episode where it compares the two um, broadcast booths? It's got, like, Kent Brockman and one, and it's, like, just shows a player holding it. He's like, yeah, he's holding the ball. Uh, <laughs> hold, like, the, the soccer players are kicking it around, like, in a circle. Yeah, he's holding it. Then it goes to the Mexican guy, like, he's holding it! He's holding it! (laughs) (laughs) Nah, that sounds like a Simpsons episode, though. One of the greatest sitcoms of all time. Maybe the best TV show ever, don't you think? Up there. 100% in my book. No doubt. I still watch it. 
at least once a week. It's hilarious. Well, let's uh, let's move on, boys. Let's get to this uh, Detroit Free Press Tournament of Goat. Like I said, we started off last week. Let's see. Let's see. See if we can uh, slip through eight seedings tonight. Does that sound all right? Yep. All right. Let's start in uh, the Detroit Lions, a number three against a number fourteen. Calvin Johnson versus Jason Hansen. Now, who is the three? Who is the fourteen year? Calvin is the three. I guess he's going either way, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's a that's an interesting matchup, really. Jason Hansen is fourth all-time in the NFL in scoring, and he's the all-time leading scorer in Lions history, so, like, that has to stand for something, right? I mean, do we want to pull the upset? I'm kind of leaning mean, that way. years as a Lion, 92 to 2012. I mean, 82% kicking field goals. I mean... Calvin Johnson, yeah, he has like the one, like the two thousand yard season. He did see, like he he gets a he should have because he put up stats in the playoffs. He had two hundred eleven receiving yards with the Saints in that like two thousand eleven game. That was a game. That was a definition of a game that was over from the time you just knew that we had no chance against those the Saints team that year. Right. But he for I always thought for the longest time like yeah he never showed like when it mattered most. That's kind of my feeling, and Jared. I, I mean, you look up the stat and that's I don't know two hundred eleven yards in a playoff game. It's so hard for me to go against Megatron. I man, I loved watching him play. But yeah, I mean he he only made the playoffs a couple times, no playoff wins obviously. Um not that Hansen had a ton of playoff success, but no one on the Lions really has. But I mean, all time leading scorer for the Lions. It's hard to go against that. And not only that, I'm I'm gonna go with Hansen. I'm gonna just go right out and so say I, it. I was thinking Hansen, but now that I'm really thinking about it, Jason, I mean he's a kicker. That that's what I'm stuck on. I can't go for a kicker. I mean, Megatron, man, he was so fun to watch. You, both, you plug you, in Matt Prater. He's he's he's, he's better than Hanson. Well, could be, could be. Hanson's you put you got to put his numbers right up there in the top I mean, uh, three or four kickers of all time. Goal was 56 yards. He's not regretting the record. Books. You don't have to sell me. Just give your vote. I'm, I'm going Megatron. I convinced myself. Yeah, thank you, man. Okay, Megatron. that's okay. I can live with that. I mean, he shows up on Thanksgiving Day. Every, he used to show up on Thanksgiving Day every year. All right, let's go to uh, Tiger Baseball, a number six against a number 11. I don't know how Miguel Cabrera can be number six, but uh, we're, we're going to go Cabrera against a Hall of Famer coming up this year, Jack Morris. I was going to say that the Hall of Fame thing, and, and I know I know your generation, Ted, Jack Morris is like, man, that he's like one of the greats, but I can't go against Miguel Cabrera. He won a couple of MVPs, a triple crown, and – basically carried that franchise for the last, whatever, 12 years. So I can't go against Miggy. What do you think happens if we throw Miguel Cabrera back in the 1980s? 500 batting average? <laughs> he'd, he'd be right up there. You know, I mean, I, I, I like Jack Morris when he was a pitcher for the Tigers. There's no doubt about it. He was a, he was a big game pitcher. I think it's good that he's getting in the Hall of Fame. He was definitely the American League dominant pitcher in the 80s, but hands down. It is Miggy. He had a great mustache. Like I look, I looked up the picture. I'm looking at the picture of him right now, and I mean, he threw a fork ball. I don't. What the heck is a fork ball? Split finger. Never heard of that. Split finger, baby. Hey, fingers. You gotta have your fingers open, and yeah. But I saw like, but then I was like, look at him. He's like, he's like a. He's been not voted into the Hall of Fame like 20 times. He finally got in this. Mainly because he was a dick. That's why. Yeah. How about this? He was. He gave up the most runs, uh, home runs, and hits in the 1980s. Number eight all time uh, wild pitcher. Yeah, someone really hates Jack Morris. Really? Wow. First paragraph. That's what you read. Most runs in, in the 1980s. Number eight all time wild pitches. That and your wow. and your research is Wikipedia. Yeah. Okay. Just, Michael Scott, you know it's the best information because anyone can post it. <laughs> that's right. 
So you're going to go Cabrera? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's a runaway one. That's a runaway. All right, let's go over to somebody. Well, we might know one of these guys. Let's go to the Red Wings, and we'll go with uh, Sergei Fedorov, part of the Russian Five, uh, taking on Red Kelly. That's an 8-9 seeding. See, I, doing my research. I'm glad you, know, you did I research because I did zero. Sergio Fedorov, he's one MVP. <laughs> According to Wayne, <laughs> is that how do you pronounce it? <laughs> Sergey. Sergey Fedorov. So, fastest skater ever, according to Wayne Gretzky. That was enough for me to push him to the next round. What do you think he's missing there, Matt, on Sergey? He kind of left on bad terms with the Red Wings. I know that. he. It's a shame that his number isn't retired for the Red Wings. I don't know if this is what you're talking about, Ted, but I know he, he really left on bad terms with the Red Wings, like in a big contract dispute and stuff like that. No, so I'm taking it in the gutter. that's why a lot of Red Wings fans are kind of sour on him. I'm taking it in the gutter. I thought Jared might have found it in his research. He dated one of the hottest chicks ever. Oh, Anna Kornikova. Anna Kornikova, when the she was like yeah, yeah. 18 years old, oh, man. Oh, my, she was a, tr- a fairly good tennis player, but she was just a stone-cold fox. Yeah. And the other guy that he's going against, uh, Red Kelly, you know what his picture on Wikipedia is? Picture of him wearing a Toronto Maple Leaf jersey. So so, I, did you even look any stats no, up? That's all. that was all I needed. All right. Sergey gets the nod. I'm going, yeah, I'm going Sergey because, man, I played, I used to play NHL 96, like for the Super Nintendo, and Sergey Fedorov was unstoppable because of that speed. So I got to go Fedorov. Yeah, you had speed in those old games, Bo Jackson, uh, Tech Mobile. You had speed. You just were you better than everybody. Dominate, no doubt. All right, let's keep it in the Red Wings. We'll get done with that side of the bracket here for today. Ted Lindsay, he was part of uh, the production line with Gordie Howe and Alex Delvecchio. Uh, he, he battles against Pavel Dotsik. Okay, Ted Lindsay, this guy seems just like a scrub. His name was Terrible Ted. Played in the 1950s, first red flag. Uh, <laughs> this is, these are his height and weight. And this is basically my height and weight. So you know, like... That's what I think of. I like, it's shitty. You're a shitty athlete if you have those. 5'8", 155 pounds. Hockey, you can get away with it, but go 5'8", ahead. 5'8", 155 pounds. Keep going. Keep going. That's not, like, like again, I that's as far as I made it down the Wikipedia page. You know how I was right on the right side? Mm-hmm. Uh, has, like, their height and weight, birthday. That stopped right there. Terrible Ted. What a terrible nickname. No, no, not against your name. Oh, sure. But would you like the nickname Terrible Ted? It depends. If I was a hockey player, it wouldn't be that bad. But he's 5'8", 155 pounds. It's not like this guy was he was the glue that badass. He was the glue that held that championship squad together. But And then Pavel Dotsuk, I mean, his nickname, the Magic Man. This is something I got to kick out of. He's won the Sportsmanship Award three times in a row. The Lady, Lady Bing. Lady Bing. Wow, what an award. <laughs> 22 minutes in the penalty box one year. <laughs> so what's your? So who are you going with? Tell that's what hockey players love. I'm going with uh, Pavel Dotsuk. All Just right. hilarious how that's what hockey people love, the Sportsmanship Award, top of his bio. How about you, Matt? Yeah, I'm, I'm going Dotsuk, too. I mean, I don't know much about Ted Lindsay, but I, I know watching Dotsuk, especially like during his prime. Okay, Dotsuk gets, the, awesome he gets the nod, but I'm going with Terrible Ted because he's got a great name. There you go. All right. Now we'll go to the Pistons. Here's an interesting one. And 3 and 14 again. I, the seedings of the Free Press has a little bit out of whack, but okay. You got Joe Dumars, number three, taking on Rashid Wallace, a 14 seed. Now I want to hear, because if Matt's, Matt, that was kind of Matt's generation, if he's not for Rashid, then I'm not going to put up a fight for Rashid. See, this is tough. This is where, like, is. The, like I come in on both generations because Joe Dumars, the bad boys, that's that's what I grew up watching, or that's what got me into basketball. But when I was, like, the biggest basketball fan, like what you're saying, Jared, I mean, it was those those 4 Pistons with Rasheed. So I, Rasheed was one of my favorite players, man, watching him and Ball Don't Lie and, and all that kind of stuff in the pregame dance. But 
Joe, I can't go against Joe Dumars. <laughs> I can't. I can't go against Joey D when George Blaha would yell his name, Joe Dumars. Hey, I got to go, with Joey D. What, so, can someone like explain to, like Joe Dumars' game? Uh... I, I was talking about this with someone at work, similar to like a Clay Thompson. He, he wasn't maybe as good of a three-point shooter as Clay Thompson is, but like that shooting guard that was a shutdown defender. Dumars shut down Michael Jordan a yes, lot early in, his, in Jordan's career. And then he, he was a big shot maker. So I, th- I think Clay Thompson's a, a pretty decent comparison. That's not bad. He's another winner of the uh, Sportsmanship Award. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you right now, I'm going with Dumars. I liked Rashid. He definitely was the key factor for that championship he run. with the Pistons long enough. That's what I was thinking, too. And Dumars, didn't he play his whole career with the Pistons? Yeah. And he also uh, made some pretty good front office moves when he was GM. He had a he couple bad ones, Rashid. too. That's right, he did. Okay, so Joey D gets the nod there. Uh, here's one. I don't know if Bob Lanier against Vinnie Johnson. Another Pistons matchup. I know Bob Lanier's a legend. I'm pretty sure he's a Hall of Famer, too, and he made the All-Star a ton of times. But I laughed. Like, this is something similar to probably Jared's research. The biggest note that I saw for Bob Lanier is he had a size 22 foot. Yes, he I did. I saw that as well. <laughs> but this is one. No, this is what I know is. Three-time all-converse selection in college. What the heck was that? Is that like your time? Uh, I don't know. I mean, he was all-American. I guess is what it means. I don't it's just know. Kind of like that they had a converse selection uh, team. I'm trying to remember who he played for in college. Was it Saint Bonaventure? Yeah, I think he was with the Bonnie. Yeah, it was the Bonnie. Okay. And another like mark against him. I saw he smoked during halftime of games, according to Kareem. Kareem used to run him up and down the court. Third mark against him. Number sixteen. Not a great number. <laughs> That's you're not good. You're number sixty. So, are you going with Vinny the microwave? I am going with him. He's got you know he had the legendary shot against the Trailblazers in Game Five. He did. Uh, he currently employs two hundred people in Detroit. So how about that? He's still giving back to Detroit with the Piston Group. That's pretty good. Again, according to Wikipedia. Okay, that's pretty good. I got to go with Vinny too. Just I mean, because of all that Jared just said, but the microwave. That, that's just an awesome nickname. One of the best nicknames. I, and I used to have a T-shirt of his with a caricature on the front, and then the microwave. Yeah, uh, but I, I would I would have actually voted Bob Lanier, but Vinny. Okay, get... well, give us your Bob Lanier pitch here. Well, Bob Lanier in the '60s and '70s, he was one of the best centers in the NBA. You got to remember, he he was going up against uh, Wilt Chamberlain, Kareem, and and a couple other pretty solid NBA centers, and and he held his own. He had a sweet left-handed shot. It was a pretty jump shot. A lot of centers back in those days, all they could do was dunk the ball. And he had a nice little fadeaway jumper. They didn't have very good teams. All they had was basically him and Dave Bing. And uh, John Mengelt was one of the guards. But uh, they didn't really have a lot of talent on that team. But uh, he is a heck of a player. He's, he didn't even make it to the Hall of Fame. They just put a shoe in there. No. Bob Lanier is in the Hall of Fame. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. In the College Basketball Hall of Fame as well. So didn't quite read all the way to okay. the end of his all right. Bio. All right. <laughs> Yeah, two-time Hall of Fame, inducted 2006. Okay, perfect. All right, but anyway, it's Vinny that gets the nod. So who are we missing here? I've got, uh, oh, back to the Lions for a moment. Let's go Alex Karras and Yale Larry. Do you know who either one of those are, Jared, other than your you research? You did not brief me on these two guys. Oh, I snuck them in on you. You did. I, so as I result, thought I gave you all I eight. no clue who these guys are. Matt, do you know who either one is? I, I know the name Alex Karras, and I think the only reason, I, I think he was like an actor also, like after his career. I feel like I know that name. Uh, and because I remember hearing him for the Lions, Yale Larry, no idea. So I looked him up, and what I thought was awesome, <laughs> that shows like what football was back in the day, he played safety, and he was a return man, but he was also the best punter in the league. Yep, yep. 
Like, you just wouldn't see that in today's game. The best are also playing safety. Karras played in the 60s, and Yale Larry played in the 50s. Can we just... uh, You want to table it, or you want to just make a vote? Do you want to just have neither of them advance? Have whoever wins the other game... I mean, 50s and 60s discounted. Well, they're going to lose their next... before 1975? Nah, you can't discount it. You can't discount it. But they're going to lose their next game anyway, so let's pick one because the next guy is going to beat them anyway. I trust. I your... would say Yale Larry just because he actually won a championship with the Lions. And he it's pl- your time period. I'm going to go with Yale Larry as well. Alex Karras, I really liked him. Here's a movie that you ought to check out sometime, Paper Lion. Have you ever heard of that? I have. What the heck is that about? It's about um, George Plimpton, famous uh, sports writer for Sports Illustrated back in the day, actually talked the Detroit Lions into letting him come write about training camp experience and actually practice with a team. He got in an exhibition game as a third-string quarterback and wore the number zero. But the movie starred Alan Alda. He was in uh, MASH, of course. You know that show? Okay. And Alex Karras really stole the movie, though. I mean, he was hilarious because they had the actual players on the Lions were part of the movie. So it showed them at training camp, oh, showed them roasting the story them. basically like the minor leagues of it, like Vince Papali and the Eagles. Kind of. made the team. Yeah, similar. But George Plimpton, there was no way he was making the team. They were just letting him write about the team. So, And it turned into a pretty cool movie. But uh, like I said, the next guy that Yale Larry will play is Barry Sanders, so we can already pencil in Barry, right? No, you, you can already, already use ink with that. Go ahead and use ink. I right, did. Barry. I did. <laughs> All right, one final one, guys, before we uh, wrap the show with a little, uh, little other talk and social things. Number four, Alan Trammell, another Hall of Famer coming up this year, taking on Mickey Lolich, who was a stud pitcher in the 60s for the Tigers. I'm going with Lolich. Not only... Uh, Listen to this tidbit. He injured his hand on his tricycle when he was a kid, forcing him to throw left-handed. Oh, Other than that, he's right-handed in everything else. I did not know that. Huh. He won yeah. three games in the 68 yeah, series. In the 19, that's enough for me. That what a, He would have some nuts to do that. People won't do that anymore. He threw like 20, 20 complete games, 21 complete games in a season before. I mean, he was, he was a stud, and he, led the, he was the top left-handed strikeout pitcher in his era as well. Isn't that just crazy how they used to run those guys into the ground? Oh, it's amazing. But oh, they even lasted. And they and like guys like Nolan Ryan, look at them. Yeah. What do you think, Matt? Lolich or uh, Tram? Yeah, it's hard to go against Lolich because, I mean, I grew up hearing stories from my dad about Mickey Lolich and the 68 World Series and stuff like that. But Trammell was one of my favorites just because he wore number three, and that, that was the number I wore, so I thought that was cool, you know. But, um, yeah, you, as a Tigers fan, you can't go against Mickey Lolich. Yeah, okay, that makes it unanimous. I love Trammell, but uh, Lolich... See, like this whole time, I thought Trammell was like the best tiger ever. Yeah, no, but he he was very solid. He's What's probably his rating th- on there. Seating four, four seed. Lolich gets him with a thirteen. That's why I said the seedings weren't really set up real good I, here. Me as the guy who never pays attention to the Tigers, it's imprinted in my brain that Al Trammell is like an all-time top top player for the Tigers, like top number one. Nah, probably top two shortstops that ever played for the Tigers. I would say. Maybe because he came around and he got back into managing and stuff, so maybe that came up, but yeah. All right, well, let's tell people about the Corona Connection, a direct mail paper sent to all of Corona, Vernon, and Shiawassee County parts of Lennon. Don't forget to pick up a copy of your latest edition if you're here in the uh, Shiawassee County area at many Corona businesses and Kroger. Like them on Facebook, and you can view the entire Corona Connection paper online every month, both on Facebook and at coronaconnection.com. All right, guys, I want to kind of end this uh podcast segment with uh, a little statement here okay and it's uh it says give me your tired your poor your huddled masses yearning to breathe free 
the wretched refuse from your teeming shore. Send these, the homeless, tempest-tossed to me. I lift my lamp beside the golden door. Do you guys, first of all, know where that's from? Uh, it sounds like a Bible verse, but I have no clue. Any idea, Matt? I don't. That's what's uh, engraved on the Statue of Liberty. Oh, okay. Okay, and I'm just segueing, segueing this into the horrendous situation that's been going down with the immigrants uh, coming across the border illegally. Okay, I get that. But then being separated from their families, being put in cages, I mean, I guess they've got some relief that just came out today that they're going to let the family stay together. But, you know, my little social commentary on this is I just can't believe this country has allowed stuff like this to continually happen. It just seems like politically right now this country cannot get things together. You know, you got the Democrats, the Republicans, and then I'm going to be frank about this. And then you got Donald Trump. That's a whole nother story. I mean, it's just so sad to see that pe- actual people had to go through this. And the reason I set this up with the Statue of Liberty, my God, this country would be nothing without immigrants. I just don't get it. I agree they need to come in legally, but come on, have some humanity. We wouldn't have the Godfather series without uh, <laughs> the Ellis Island. Right, right. I mean, we've all, we all are you know, relatives of immigrants. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, and I mean, you, you mentioned that, that word humanity, and I always think about that when, when I see people that are okay with things like this. There's, there's some of the other events that go on, and it just amazes me the lack of compassion that people have for other human beings. I mean, I understand that, you know, people that come into this country should do it legally, and without a doubt they should, but these people are leaving whatever country or situation they are because they're that desperate. They're Whatever is going on, they have to get out, and they're so desperate that they're trying to come into this country because this is supposed to be, you know, the best country in the world and where you come to, to build your life and the American dream and everything, and we're ripping them apart from their families and their kids and just showing a complete lack of compassion, and I don't understand how people are okay with it. So so it was nice. I mean, I, if Trump signed this, this bill today to, to change that whole thing, then, then that's a good step. But, you know, some, sometimes my, my friends and I, we talk about when we get into these kind of discussions, uh, we, we say, you know, there's a golden rule, treat treat everyone as you want to be treated. Um, we, we have one that we talk about. We use a different word, but uh, we say, don't be an asshole. <laughs> and it, that, that rings true with whatever situation we want to be in, whether you're having some road rage or whether you're in a situation at work or whether you're trying to separate someone from their kids when they're coming in the country. Whatever situation you're in. If you if you live by that, don't be an asshole. Then most of the time, you know you're you're not going to be. And so it it just it amazes me that people can just think that it's okay to treat people the way they do sometimes. Yeah, and I, you know it's just sickening to see how it becomes political. You know that's the part that just blows my mind. I know Jared, you don't you don't get into the political stuff yet, and and all the stuff that goes on in the news. But you know I am the grandpa. I've seen a lot of stuff go on in this world. You know and. I don't know if I've ever seen such a caustic atmosphere in this country, you know, with nobody willing to compromise. Everybody has an agenda and a lot of assholes, Matt. Yep. Yeah, and that's the thing. There there are some situations that shouldn't be Republican or Democrat. It should just be having compassion for other human beings. It doesn't have to be a political thing. Right. And like I said, give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free. Come on. We're all humans, you know, and there's a certain obvious racial undertow to that as well, right? I mean, it's not it's not immigrants coming in from uh, Canada, it's from Mexico, for God's sakes. Yeah, 
other countries like that, and I understand this country with with homeland security, and you know we got to be careful with the terrorists that are out there. But really, since nine eleven, overall, I think we've done a pretty good job. I mean, there's been some exceptions, but. We've done a pretty good job of protect, protecting our country, haven't we? Yeah, and I mean, I think the biggest misconception is with a lot of these uh, mass shootings or, or these situations that go on is from people who are legal citizens of this country. So it, you know, it, it's people within our our walls, if you want to say that, within our our borders that are causing a lot of the problems within this country. Right on. All right. Well, I think we've ran it enough, guys. We got our social issue on the table. At least I did. And good stuff talking about it. I might use your uh, your statement there, Matt, instead of the golden rule. I like that. Don't be an asshole. <laughs> Let me one last thing before we go. Yeah. So this was uh, Matt. This was bothering me on Twitter. So Michigan changed their end zones to blue. Oh, I love and it. And I swear, Matt posted about it, retweeted about it, maybe thirty times. At least. I love it. I think it looks so cool. I'm pretty excited about it. It's just the end zones, man. <laughs> it looks cool, man. I, that, that's part of what gets people to, to watch certain teams or kids to go to a school and stuff like that. You know, Michigan taking on the Jordan brand. Probably some kids are going to Michigan just because they want to wear that Jordan swag. So if you have, like, a cool field or a cool stadium, people like to see that. So, so the big house needed an upgrade. And with the suites that they put around a few years ago and now upgrading the field, all these little things, Jared. I, I get what you're saying, but for once in my life, I actually like Michigan State. Like I was completely on their side. So Barstool MSU, what they, they say? They, they took like the field and like the end zones. So like, what we're just gonna dance in blue end zones this year? Oh, I agree. Like, I, I laughed at that. That's Liked funny. It. That's funny. They have us. They have our number. We're it's hard, going crazy. Hard to argue against that. Let's beat Michigan State. Then we can start changing our end zone color. Maybe that'll change the luck. They changed the end zone color. And now a win for Michigan. There we go. Let's hope. Ho- yeah, hopefully. Anything else you want to get on the table? Uh, yeah, I got one. I want to get this take out before. <laughs> Do it. So, Luka Doncic, everyone, you know, love him. He's the NBA draft, like, he's going to be, like, one or three pick, uh, like, one to three, somewhere in there. No, Like, everyone's just, what they jerk off about him is he's a EuroLeague MVP. You want to listen to some of the EuroLeague MVPs there, man? You know none of them. Nando De Colo, uh, Sergio Lowell, at two L's, you two L's again. Uh, Sergio Rodriguez, actually he played in the NBA. Andre Kirilenko is like the best one in the last 20 years. I think everyone who like says he's so good, they've watched maybe like a one or two like YouTube clicks on him. Where, one or two YouTube. Clicks where do you see? Where's he going? How high? Do you think? With all that said, I think he should be the number one pick. <laughs> he's a generational talent. <laughs> I mean, he, yeah, he, he looks good, and a lot of people are saying he might be the number one pick, but I do think it's funny sometimes because a lot of those guys that come over from, from that league don't translate to the NBA, but he's got all the, the tools, as they say, but so did Darko Militich. Yeah, and don't forget about that, that's for sure. Let's call it a show, all right? Remember, share this pod with all your friends. Give us your feedback. Email us at threepointpod at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter. I'm at Z92.5SportsGuy. Matt, you're at? Burnsy381. I'm at Jared Vittell. And Jack Strap couldn't join us tonight, but you can follow him at JackStrap88. And again, thanks to the people at Rivals Tap House and Grill, the Corona Connection, and Z925 The Castle. This has been a Sportsnet Michigan production. Until next time, thanks for listening to Three Point Podcast. And next time I talk to you, I'll be a grandpa. Congrats. Thanks. So long, everybody.